it's a it's it's a special day when you it's not it's not often that you see an all male backup team <laughs> uh, god god bless you guys and uh it's great i also just just was excited to see laura on the piano today it's just just it's great I just you know some of these things just excite me when I see where people people doing what they can do. Amen. Good. Welcome to to all the uh, the new guys in the house and uh, all the the guys who have come in who are joining us, joining the city and joining the church here. God bless you for being here and like you already told be at home be at church let go and let god amen you know god has god has some some good things in store for you in the years ahead that you're going to be you're going to be here and and you must maximize your time and your season here amen so so make sure that you key in and you find your feet and and maximize the time that you will be here in the city and and i also just make a call to say don't be afraid to be part of what god is doing in the house amen you know and i'm i'm blessed to see my brother already singing in the praise and worship team um it's great that you you can join in god bless you so feel free to to join in i'll talk a bit more about those things later on i just need to to tell somebody this word as well you're new in the place and and things look rather confusing right now hold on to the lord that brought you here and he will show you the way he will show you the way you you're new looks very confusing but hold on to the god that you believe to come to this place he will show you the way amen praise god and just 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 do not be afraid do not be afraid of the future this is some for somebody else do not be afraid of the future i know it looks like the the future does not look like there is much hope but with god there is a way with God there is a way. He says, I make a way where there is no way. I make streams to flow in the dry places. In your dry place, God will cause streams to flow. So do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Amen. Right, let's, let's get back to, to what I started. I want to close this session because in September, I, I want to start something new. Because I told you the journey has just begun, right? You know, we said the journey has just begun. If you use a picture, you can go back to my slide. The journey has just begun. Um, and, and so the journey that we are on as, as, as a church has just begun. I, I, and you know, we are in a different season. So many things have 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 changed and have started and and while i i I just that i've just noticed somebody that i just want to acknowledge god bless you (laughs) that's that's my dear brother shami zingorian and just stand you know just stand 
he preached, he preached one sermon. The first sermon I heard him preach was about the immutability of God's promises. Do you remember that? <laughs> he preached it right here. And, and, and he's, he's a good brother. They, they are the people that, that carried our hands when we were small. And, and they, they helped us work through and when they, they, they'd been praying that a church would start and church started and they've prayed, helped us through. So and was doing his PhD here and, and now he's just, you know, tra traveling around the world. I still get your, 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 your BA letters once in a while. <laughs> so he's a good brother. He's living in Kenya. Uh, so all the Kenyans, make sure you, you send him home with something. <laughs> Amen. So God bless you for coming. And and so let me just get back. So I've I've and, and last week last week I, I was telling you that I needed to just encourage someone that in the midst of the rubble, God is able to make things work. And, and I told you that new beginnings are possible no matter how spiritually low you may have gone. You must focus on the cross of Jesus Christ because everything starts with the cross of Jesus Christ. Therefore, rebuild the altar in your life. And, and I told you that you must focus on obedience to his word and, and, to, and, and, and that we must build upon that obedience to his word. And, and, and today I want to move on and, and go to point number. I told you also that we must focus on building and, and building his temple. I didn't go deep into that, but I, but I want to go on to point. If you look into your bulletin, your, your bulletin has a new structure. And if you look at in, in, the, in the inside, there is the place where you'll find salmon. And, uh, and I've got point number five and six. It's not a mistake. You'll find point number five and six because I've given you the other four. Amen. So point number five is that you must build. Is, is that you must, you must focus on building his temple. You must focus on building his temple. And, and, and number six is that we build his temple with others. Amen. We must focus on building his temple. And it's about building something for God, building the house of the Lord, working together to establish the house of God, to establish the kingdom of God. Jesus calls us and sends us out and says, Go ye and make disciples and, and teach all men, teach all people to believe in me, to know me, and instruct them on the word, instruct them on the way, so that they might believe and be saved. It's about building the temple and the house of God. But I want to start off and, and, talk about, and talk about something that must be established first within you. You see, so when Ezra, Ezra, Ezra chapter 3, Ezra chapter 3, and from verse 1 to 13, I will not go through the whole scripture, but, but I, I need you to know that's where these this two, sermon two sermons are based as I close off this this. The journey has just begun. See, the Bible talks about how the children of Israel had come together. And I told you there were like 50,000 of them that left and, and came back. That They left the, the, the Babylonian cities and came back to Jerusalem and began to rebuild. They began to rebuild what had been rubbished and what had been destroyed. And in the midst of the rubble, they started to build an altar. And, and as they were building an altar, it was restoring their relationship with God. And I want to read, I want to read here verse 
1 says, And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, and the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem, then stood up Joshua the son of Josadak, and his brethren the priests, and Zerubbabel the son of Sheetal, and his brethren, and builded the altar of God, of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set upon, they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered thereon bent offerings unto the Lord, even bent offerings morning and evenings. And, and you find that they continued to do the things that they'd been called to do, that they were understood they had to do. So verse 4 says, and they kept also the feast of tabernacles as it is written and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required. And, and they continued afterward, burning offerings, both of the new moons and of all the set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated and of everyone that willingly offered a freewill offering unto the Lord. And, and so when we're coming and talking about building the altar first of your life, I also want you to understand that it's also about building the temple of the Lord building the processes and building the procedures and building the things that God has desired of us to be found amongst his people. So the God expected that when the children came back to the temple, the feasts of the temple would be kept. The worship in the temple would be restored. And that's what God is looking for us. And, and the reason I'm telling you this is I want you to understand and to recall what I told you about why are we meeting now in the morning. Who remembers why we are meeting now in the morning? Who remembers? What happened to the church that was meeting in the morning? Huh? They moved to the other church. Why did they move to the other church? Because the numbers have gone down. Because the people are no longer worshiping God. Because the people are no longer giving obeyance to God. They are no longer following the ordinances of God. And therefore, they find that they cannot maintain a whole building. They now need to combine two services, which might end up not even being there. Now that scares me. Why? Because there are still 16 million people in the Netherlands, and yet the churches are closing down. And so what God is calling us when he's saying to us, it's a season of a new beginning. It's a new beginnings. It's a journey that we are starting to rebuild his temple. Amen. It's a season to rebuild his temple. And I want that impressed in your heart that God is calling us together to rebuild his temple, to rebuild the worship of his house, to rebuild the worship in the place of him where he desires to be glorified, where he desires to be lifted up. God is calling us to be the vehicles, to be the channel that will bring back life into the city, life into the nation, life into the people, life into the neighborhood. And that life is the life of God. Amen. That life is the life of Jesus Christ. That's what God is expecting of us. And so it needs to start with you establishing your altar so that when your altar is established, you can go on to begin to do the things that are done upon the altar. Amen. Amen. 
So I shared with you that last, that last week and I said they established the altar because the altar is the place of their relationship with God. It is a place of your relationship with God. It is a place of your connectivity to God. Now when the altar is established, the next thing is to begin to do the things that must be done upon the altar. Hallelujah. And what were the things that needed to be done upon the altar is what we were reading. They were offering the sacrifices to God. So they were offering the things that needed to be offered to God. And the Bible says, according to custom, according to the way God had said this is how it should be done. It was not just doing it anyhow. We should not just do it in whatever way we want to do it, but we should do it according to the word of God. According to how God has desired it. Hallelujah. According to what pleases God. That's what we need to look for. We need to look for the things that please God. We need to look for the things that glorify Jesus Christ. And when we are able to look for the things that will glorify God, that will please God, the church will be rebuilt again. Every time you find people seeking for God, people seeking for the things that are upon the heart of God, they will be life. But when people begin to choose things that please only themselves, you find that we end up with the state of affairs as we are seeing now. Where people begin to look for what is it that is convenient for us. You see, God, God didn't look for people who are looking for convenience. He's looking for people who are obedient. He's looking for people who are willing to obey him and follow after him and do the things as he desires them to be done. Hallelujah. And so, and so the God speaks, or, 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 or the, not, not God, the Jeshua and Zerubbabel, these were the leaders of the time. And they begin to lead people again upon the offerings as written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They had to find it. What is it that God desires us to do? One of the things that, that God desires us to do is to be able to stand in the place where we will evangelize and let people know that there is God. Let people know that there is a Jesus who saves. There is a Jesus who heals. There is a Jesus who cares for you. There is a Jesus who is in, interested in the very details of your life. And that when you can walk with Jesus, you will have peace and joy. And you will have the, you will have the fulfillment of your life. When you have Jesus, because people are looking for answers. Whatever you, whatever you say, people are looking for answers. This is why they go to yoga and they, they are standing on their heads and doing all kinds of meditations because they are looking for answers. This is why they punch themselves with needles and, and whatever they call it because they are looking for answers. This is why people will go out and spend the whole night dancing our, 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 through to some loud music and go in a frenzy and drink whatever they drink until they don't know because they are looking for answers. Looking for answers of what can give me joy. What can satisfy me now. What can help me forget. See, people down themselves and drown themselves in bottles of whiskey and wine and all. Why? Because they are looking for answers. And we have the answer. That answer is Jesus Christ. And so God, as he calls us to establish a relationship with him by building an altar, we also must build his temple. Everybody say build his temple. We must build the temple of the Lord. And that's what God is expecting of us. So guys, as you join AGP, God is expecting that you will be part of rebuilding his temple, rebuilding his worship in the Netherlands. 
I was speaking to some pastors and they said, you know, I love the way your church prays. And I said, well, thank you very much. What is it about the way the church says your church is praying with the fire? that we need back in the Netherlands. So I want to encourage you, church, when you pray, it doesn't matter that they say you pray very loud. There's a fire that people are missing, and you have the answer in those prayers. You have the answer in the calls you make to the Lord. But we must do it according to the custom of the Lord. We must do it according to the way God wants it to be done. We must do it and bring down that fire. Let the fire ignite us in AGP. Spread out to the other churches. Spread out to the other believers. Let the fire ignite you. Because upon the altar, the fire came upon the altar. And the, upon the altar, the fire must not go out. So let that fire burn. And as the fire burns, it shall eventually warm up the people around you. As it warms them up, there's going to be a return to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a return to the worship of Jesus. But you must have the fire. You must rebuild the temple rebuild the altars of God Amen. rebuild the altars of God you see when you rebuild the altars of God, I want you to understand something about what what was there it says in verse 3 and they set the altar upon his bases for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries you see the, the people in this country I, I know some of you I don't know anybody has ever been confronted with, with with somebody who says there is no God you're trying to tell them about God, and they tell you, there is no God. And they will tell you so boldly, so plainly. I had somebody the other day who was trying to say, you know, just come to church. And, and I was trying to be all nice and ice cream about being in church. You know, we sing hallelujah songs. You can rejoice. And, and he says, you know what? I'm not coming to any church close to the jumbo. Forget it. I don't believe in your God. So my music, and I told him I've got a guy who plays a bass guitar and you love it. He says, I don't care about your bass guitar. Forget it. I don't believe in your God. I'm not religious and I don't want none of it. You know, he was just, and I said, hey, I'm not being violent or anything. But he says, forget it. I'm not coming. And I had somebody who said to me one time, it's because of you religious people that we have all these wars in the world. So you will have people that are hostile to the gospel, but still we must build the temple of the Lord. The Bible says these people built the altar and they set it upon its bases. They set it upon, upon a basis. Why did they set it upon the bases? Because so that they will be able to move it in case they were under attack. Until such a time that they'd built the temple and it completed it and it cannot be moved anymore. But while they were building, while things were hostile, while things were against them, they built it and set it upon its bases and continued to offer according to the custom, according to the way it was written, according to the way God had asked it to be done. And so they observed feast after feast, celebration after celebration, meeting after meeting, rejoicing in the Lord, praising God, worshiping God, offering willingly. The Bible says they offered as many as people brought even freely to give. And they offered. Why? Because people had come back to a place where they realized the importance and the relevance of God that they began to bring freely even more. Read verse 5. There were those that were mandated, but people came and brought more than what was required. They brought in freely to give more. And that's the place where Jesus is expecting us to be, where we will worship him freely and give more than is required. But even in the face 
of the hostilities around us, we must preach the gospel. Somebody tell your neighbor, preach the gospel. Establish the temple. Do not be afraid. I, I remember one time I was trying to preach to somebody in the Hoogstrat. The, the Hoogstrat is right in the center of town. And I was trying to preach to these two guys. And these guys were tough and rough. So after I moved away, the pastor came to me and said, you know what, sometimes, young man, you've got to be sensitive that when you see two guys walking around in town, it's Mr. and Mrs. It's not just Mr. and Mr. And so the hostility they have towards you is because of their lifestyle. So be aware as you preach the gospel. And you know what? Those people, as I was hearing one, one colleague of mine say to me, the church is so backward. I don't know why they don't want to marry us as Mr. and Mr. And I said, but why don't you just go away? They will marry you anyway. They want to do it in church so that they can desecrate the house of the Lord. But you and I must stand to build the temple, to build the gospel, to establish the truth, to show them the light, to show them the way of God. To show them the love of God. And to show them that it is possible with God to live a holy life. It's you and I that will stand up in the face of those hostilities. It's not always easy. It's not always so smooth. You see, I've been telling you that I've, been pre I've preached in buses. And sometimes I've seen people lifting up their hands in a bus on their journey and say, I want this Jesus. And I came here and they told me, shut up, you don't preach in a bus. We will call the police for you. <laughs> My wife the other day saw one guy preach at the train station. He only had three minutes and the police was upon him. But in that three minutes, he had delivered his message. <laughs> it's about, we need to get the word out there. If you can't stand up, you can talk to them where you sit. Talk to them as you ride. Speak to them as you go. Drink a coffee with them and tell them about the goodness of the Lord. Tell them about the grace of God. Whatever it is, tell the gospel to the people around you. Let it be known that God is the Lord. He is the King. In the midst of all the challenges, you have a God who is above all other things. You have a God who is more than able. You should be able to tell that to the people. I know my God is able. It might be tough, but he's able. I know Jesus can do it. I know Jesus will get me through. You know, I, I, I may fail an exam, but I'll pass it at the reset. Why? Because I have Jesus in me. I know I may be sick, but I know you will heal me one day. Because he's healed before. Tell it to them and let them know. Establish the temple of God by telling them about your Jesus. We have testimonies that we don't tell. We give you a chance to speak in church. You don't tell the testimony. Please tell it outside. Tell it to your neighbor. See what the Lord has done. One man once said, young man, you are very smart. I said, no, it's not my smartness. It's because I believe in God. I have a God who causes me to see things that I could not have seen. He says, tell me about this God. And that's the kind of establishment that God is looking for us. 
as we establish things according to his pattern of worship, it must go beyond that the people who are even hostile towards us, we will be able to see that our God is able. Amen. Amen. That our God is more than able. So do not be afraid of them. You know, some people will look at you with such a rough face when you tell them about Jesus that you wonder, what is it that have I, why is, there, is this name offended them? But just, <laughs> God is good. And, and we, we must tell of his goodness. We must tell of his grace. We must establish his mercy. Because that's why the temple was re being rebuilt. It was to show the mercy of God. Show the mercy of God. Why do I say it was showing the mercy of God? It was being rebuilt because it was saying, God who has remembered us. We were 70 years in captivity. And God has delivered us from captivity. Given us to come back to our own home. And now we have a chance to rebuild it again. It was his mercy. It was his mercy. We have the chance to show praise to God without restriction. Remember when they were out, when they were out in Babylon, when they wanted to worship God, Nebuchadnezzar built a big image and says, if somebody else worships anything else and does not worship this image, I will burn them up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in the fire. Why? Because they decided to worship something else. And now God's mercy had said, now you can worship without those restrictions. Daniel in the time of Darius, when, he was, when they knew that he was praying to a different God, the elders went and said to King Darius, put up a decree. If somebody worships any other God that is not your God, he should be thrown into the lions. But now God has established them back to a place where they can worship. God. I love this country because it says you can have freedom of worship. But you see, freedom of worship sometimes comes at a cost and you and I must pay that cost. Because there's also freedom of all other things as well. Yeah? But as we, we have a Jesus inside of us. We have a God in the inside of us that we should stand upon depend upon, trust in, rebuild his temple. Any new beginning in your life must have that focus. That is, you build the altar in your life, you build also the temple of the Lord. Number two thing, or number six point, is that you build it with others. You don't do it alone. The Bible says in that verse 1, it says, And the children of Israel were in the cities. The people gathered themselves, how many? Together, as one. They gathered themselves as one man to Jerusalem. They left their cities and came to Jerusalem gathered themselves together. Why? Because they were saying we have a cause, we have a reason, we have something that must be established and we need to do it together. They gathered together. You cannot do it without your brother. You cannot do it without your sister. You cannot do it without your wife. You cannot do it without your husband. You cannot do it. You need to do it together. Everybody say together. The foundation of the house of God is rebuilt as we do it together. You cannot be a lone ranger. Amen. You cannot be a lone ranger. 
You cannot be, I'm a one-man band. I play the keyboard, I sing, I dance, I preach. You know, doesn't work. That's why you've got Ernest and Laura playing the keyboard together. And you've got the male singers there singing today because the sisters are not there and they come in and take up. Last week we had the sisters and because the brothers were not there. You know, because we need to do it together. And some days there will be there men and women and brothers and sisters, young and old, and they will be there together. Why? Because we need to be there together. You cannot do it alone. You see, I, I, I love to teach, but nowadays Ikena is, my, is the teacher. Yeah? And Elton is managing everything else around teaching. My ministry is to teach and to pastor. But you see, because I have people who are able to do it, they do it. And I can sit back and enjoy my wife. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, church? Because if I wanted to be a one-man band, there would be no time for the family. <laughs> there will be no time for anything else. But because you are there, I sometimes can sing. But thanks to Gilbert, we sing together. I don't know how to play the piano, but I'm glad you play it. You understand what I'm saying, guys? I don't know how to cook very well. I can follow instructions, but it does not mean it always comes out as it's supposed to be. But I'm glad I've got mama there doing everything. Huh? And, and she's making sure we have coffee and tea. She even remembers, Pastor, have you had your coffee? <laughs> and all of you, are happy to have coffee and a biscuit and tea. Or maybe you don't drink coffee. You drink, uh, drink Coca-Cola and, and juice. But you see, we have all those people doing that. You see, the children are being taken care of right now. Because we need to be together. Somebody takes care of the money. If you ask me to take care of the money, I could buy myself a good car. But somebody has to take care of the money. Because we need to be Together. Everybody say together. together. Somebody is leading in your house fellowship. And you are part of the house fellowship. Why? Because he needs to have somebody to lead. Do you hear what I'm saying? That it's not only about those in the forefront. It's also about you in the... Oh, they didn't hear what I'm saying. You know, there are some people that pray. You never see them doing anything but pray. And they are praying for you. Give them your requests. You come and say, Pastor, pray for me to have a job. I go to them and say, here, pray for this one. They need a job. And all they do is pray. And when you have got your job, you never come go to them to say thank you. Where do you go? You go I want to give God praise and thank you, Pastor. It was them that were praying in the background. So we need to be together. Everybody has a part that they play. You never achieve anything by yourself. Those that help you at the front, those that help you at the back, those that help you in the beginning, those that help you along the way, those that help you at the end. See, people come into our lives at different st stages and seasons, and we all need each other. Amen. And we must get there together.
Tell your neighbor, we'll get there together. The Bible says they came together as one man. They came together as one man. They stood together as one man. They rebuilt the temple as one man. They established the patterns and the worship of God as one man. We also shall do it together as one man. You and I will hold hands, even those that will soon finish and say, ah, Pastor, I'm going away back to my Africa or my South America. I don't know. You will be part of us because we will do it together, establishing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The church is the church, and you are part of it. We do it together. We do it together. And you make sure that you stand with your brother. You are my keeper. Everybody say, I am your keeper. You are my keeper. You have to look out for me. You have to watch out for me. You have to look for me. I'm not the one looking out for you. You must look out for me. Because you are my brother's keeper. Remember, Cain, Cain is, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are your brother's keeper. That's why God comes to ask Cain, where is your brother? Where is your brother? You must know where your brother is. Why? Because we must get there together. I, as I succeed, you also must succeed. As I, I, as I rise, you also must rise. If you are the only one who is succeeding and everybody else is failing, you, they will be giving you trouble. They will be giving you all kinds of trouble. But as you guys rise up, I know I can rest. See, let me just give you an example. You see, now, I don't need to worry about who will drive the church to this place and that place. Because I've been praying for all kinds of people to get licenses. And as they have their license, they'll tell you, Pastor, we will drive. When we started, we were about three or four who had licenses. We drove everywhere. Even places we're not supposed to go, we had to go. Because those were the people who were available to drive. We had a red bus. Who remembers the red bus? See, the older guys remember that red bus. I drove that bus until Hans, Hans, you remember his brother Hans, or Deacon Hans. Now. Hans once said to my wife, Pastor drives that red bus like it's a racing car. <laughs> and I said, you know, if I were to drive it like an old man, I might not achieve much. So I need to get wherever I'm going with the people I'm carrying as quickly as possible, leave them and go do something else, and come back in time to go back again as quickly as possible. So I can't do that if I drive like I have all the time in the world. And if this bus has to perform, says, Pastor, you drive this thing like you're driving a race car. Nowadays, there are so many people that have been blessed and it's been great to see them being blessed, praying and say, God, we will move from just being people who are renting rooms to having houses. And they are going, the why the more you all are blessed, the easier it is for me. And so you will buy me this building. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, 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 and. So, so, so we need to, to grow together. As you do your PhD, help those that are doing the master. As you have finished your PhD, help those that are struggling to write the thesis. As you have your job, lift up those that need a job. You hear what I'm saying, church? We need to stand for each other. Those that are having babies, let's stand with them. 
help them with their babies. And there will be many babies this year in the year ahead. <laughs> I'm prophesying to someone. <laughs> you will get your twins. <laughs> we, we, we need to rise together, church. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? We must rise together. Your progress is my progress. See, this is why I've been loving the series with the workers where I've been seeing these guys who are preaching. Because, because some of them, I met them when they were not preachers. You didn't even know whether they will end up there. And now I can sit and listen to their sermons. It's powerful. It's powerful. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, church? Sometimes I feel that maybe I should now leave this place and go plant somewhere else. There are enough preachers here. Should I do that? <laughs> I told you when God says move, we will move. But, but you see, even if we do move tomorrow, there are enough preachers here who walk around in preaching. So you may not miss much of me. But the thing is, we are growing together. We are growing together. As I rise, you rise. And as you rise, rise up with others. Tell yourself, I'll rise up with others. So we must establish the temple of the Lord. And we must establish, must establish what God desires of us. I want to share with, with us quickly just these five things. That we as a church, as AGP, I need you to understand. Those of you that are joining us, I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. This, this is what we are building in this place. We are, we are building, number one, it's a heart of worship. We are building a heart of worship because God desires that we worship Him. He desires that we give Him glory. He desires that we give Him the praise. So it is a heart of worship. And so whatever you do, whatever we will do as a church, there is worship. And on the table that's in your bulletin, you will see that what I've called the five purposes of the church. Because we have a purpose and a mandate that we must build and establish in this place. Those things must not break down. Because it is those things that, are, that other people are looking and say, we love the fire we see in your church. You see, when we started this place, some people had actually ruled us out. A few bunch of foreigners, they're not going to go far. But God has brought us this far. That we are talking about owning this place. And I'm not only talking about owning this place. I'll tell you next week it's about a vision for the community. It's about a vision for the city. A vision for the nation. I don't need a building for the sake of having a building. I need a building for the sake of a vision. For the sake of a deeper call. Than just owning a place where we can come in on Sunday and say hallelujah, hallelujah, then go out. We need a place which will minister to people. And that's the vision you and I are going to join, join into. But there are things that must be established. Whether we own or we don't own, they must be the worship of the living God. Hallelujah. The altar and the fire upon the altar must not go out. And so you join us in worship. Join us in making music and dance to the Lord in praising His name. Join us in expressing our worship to the living God. You must worship God. Hallelujah. Number two is that there must be a place where we will build relationships. Like I said, we do it together. So build relationships. 
Build relationships with your brothers, with those that are old and those that are new. Build relationships with somebody from South Africa as much as you build relationships with somebody who's Dutch. Build relationship with somebody from, from, from South America for as much as you build with somebody from Indonesia. Build relationships. Go beyond your tribe. Desire to learn something new. Go and eat something different. You see, I learned how to make coffee. You know, the coffee I was telling you last week, I learned it from my, the Ethiopian brethren. We had an Ethiopian brother, and, and he, invited, he invited us for, for, for dinner, and they made coffee, and we could see how he was making the coffee. Two hours, the pot was boiling <laughs> to make sure that we have a good coffee, and the coffee was good. But it's about building relationships with people. Going out of, of what you're used to. Go and eat some jollof rice and then come and eat some sadza. Eat some chapati and eat some whatever, what else do you, guacamole or something. I don't know. What, what do you, banku. Banku and fufu and what else are you going to give to me? Pepper soup and some egusi and, you know, go and eat some snail and, and eat some, what else? What, whatever. My sister once made me a special meal, and it was a meal of snails. Hallelujah. Amen. It's about building relationships. I never knew that snails would be eaten. <laughs> and, and I never knew that you, you had to get these nice big ones, that when, they, when you see them, they curl up like this. And when you fry them properly, but it's about building relationships. It's call to fellowship. Amen. God gives us a call to fellowship. Visited a Cameroonian friend. And I had always grown up that when you make a dish with many meats and fish, everything comes in its own pot. I get to his house and says, I've made you a good meal. There was this big dish in the middle of the table. With everything inside. <laughs> I was so shocked I had to take a photo. And then I visited a Spanish brother. And he had the same. This time it was all kinds of seafood. Things that I knew and things that I did not know. I did not to ask. I just took, blessed it in the name of Jesus. And ate it with a smile. Afterwards, I asked for some cola and a cup of coffee <laughs> to neutralize the taste. But it's, <laughs> but it's about building relationships. <laughs> Just as much as I invited a Dutch brother to my house, I gave him a whole, my wife made this huge dish of bones. And he says, how can you eat meat on a bone? And by the time my wife said, this is an ox tail, the man, ah, please stop. <laughs> Let me just, because it was strange. How can you eat the tail of a cow? <laughs> and where I come from, that is special. <laughs> but it's about building relationships. You hear what I'm saying, church? So we must build relationships. We must connect one with another. 
pardon me if I don't speak to you in Shona or in Debele, and, and if you're from Zimbabwe, it's, it's just because, you know, the church is bigger than Shona and Debele. <laughs> you hear what I said? It's about building bridges because we are family. We are family. Amen. Number, th- number three, it's about making sure we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it's about, as we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's about us being able to, being able to, to grow in the Word of God. And there are many ways by which you can grow in the Word of God. There are many ways by which you can become established in, 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 in your knowledge of God. We must get to know God. We must get to, to, to know who God is. And not just be superficial Christians. I don't like Christians who are just here to say, Oh, thank God, bless me, bless me. No, I want Christians who are grounded and founded in the word of God. People who understand that the book of, 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 of the books of the Bible are in, in a particular order just because it was convenient to write them that way. But if you need to read and understand, you need to find the historical sequence of those books. So like I told you, that if you really want to understand the book of Ezra, you need to also be able to read the book of Haggai and Zechariah. And you need to understand that they come after Daniel and Jeremiah's prophecies. The things that were happening to Esther were coming later after, the, after Jeremiah and Isaiah. They were not coming before Isaiah. You need to understand that. And that's the kind of people that we need to have. You need to understand that Jesus was ministering. He started ministering at the age of 33. And, and, and at, at, at 30, sorry, and at 33, he was going up to the cross. You need to know those sequences of things. You need to understand the setting of Israel and, of, and the Galilee and, and why would they say nothing good comes out of Nazareth. You need to be able to know those things. Not just superficial Christians that only know 419. Do you know 419? Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And what does it say? My God shall supply all my needs. We should move away from just knowing that God is like a magician. I have no bread, God, please give me bread. Boom. No. We need to be Christians that are grounded in the word of God. Hallelujah. Must be grounded in the word of God. And so to do that, we must make sure that we read our Bible. Go buy Bibles and find versions and read them. Go look for the Hebrew texts and the Greek texts. And whatever you do, get knowledge. Join the school of disciples and go to house fellowship and and, and join the, the teaching and do something to grow. Amen. Do something to grow. Don't just be satisfied with what I teach you. Go and check it. Is it true that you need to understand Haggai to understand Ezra? What if it's Habakkuk? But because you don't check, you may never know. This is why people talk about, in the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Where? It's just an interpretation that people have made. It's not in the Bible. It's our own interpretation, our own simplification of things. 
Yes, you must work while it is day because night comes when no man can work. And a man who does not work should not eat. So if you are not eating, please don't drink our coffee. But understand what the scriptures say. Quote them properly. If you paraphrase, paraphrase them in the right way. Paraphrasing means shortening. But don't lie about the scriptures. So make sure with all you're getting, get knowledge and understanding. The entrance of the word brings light to the simple. It brings understanding to the simple-hearted. Get that knowledge. Number four. Or is it number five? Number four is about service. We must serve one another. Must serve one another. We are there to support, to stand with one another. So we must serve. God is calling us as we rebuild his temple. His temple must be something that drives us to serve. Not that it's all about help me, help me, help me. Come and say, let me help you. How can I help you? How can I support you? I have an extra pot. Here it is. I have an extra spoon. You can use it. You see your brother, he has no spoon. You go, ah, even that brother, he has no spoon. When you have 20 spoons, you don't use. Where is your service? We must be people who are there to serve one another. You see your brother struggling with a bicycle. and say, ah, 30 years old and can't ride a bike. Go and support him. Stand with him. Help him ride the bike. That's the service that God is calling us to. It's not only about service to come and sweep the church. We need people who will clean the place. Make sure the toilets are clean. Guys, pay attention when you go into the toilet. Don't say, ah, this toilet is very dirty, and then you stand on the side and mess it up even further. Take a mop and clean it. That's service. The people who will go far are people who are willing to stoop down low to serve. If you want to be first, you must first be the last. If you learn, let me just tell you a simple thing. If you're able to clean a toilet without being told to clean it, you will go far. You will go far. You are a candidate for leadership. Unless you want to be a leader in Africa. (laughs) African politics. Because those guys don't know what leadership is about. But there's a generation that is rising. And that generation is the people like you and me that are going to serve and not be served. That are going to understand that you come into political office to serve. I was praying for somebody who says, Pastor, I want, I'm going to be an MP. And I said to him, I'll pray for you if you're going to serve the people. If it's about you, then forget it. Because we need to be a people that serve. In church, we must serve. We must serve one another. Amen. Amen. Serve your neighbor. Help your neighbor, help your brother, help your sister, help the little children cross the street. Don't be hooting them, beep, 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 don't you see the car is coming? Help them cross the street. Help them make it. Ah, this brother, he dresses very well but doesn't know what he's doing in class. Help him know what he's doing in class. So that you can say he dresses well and we've helped him across. He's passed now he can dress very well to go get his degree. And I will see what will happen with his nice suit. Ah, serve. Be a people that serve. Be a people that serve. So the people in Ezra, they helped one another. The Bible says of them, let me just show you this. 
The Bible says of them that they were bringing even food to everyone so that people were able to, to do the work. Verse 6 says, From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Here was their service. They gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them in Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea of Joppa according to the grant that they had of Cyrus king of Persia. And in the second year, they began to build the house. And, 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 and as they continued to do that, I, I, I jumped down to the end of that verse number, number eight. From 20 years old and upwards, to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. You know, they set forward the house of the Lord. Verse 10, And when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph and cymbals, to praise the Lord. I mean, there was a service that everybody was doing. From giving food to going to do buying and selling, bringing the timber and setting the timber, doing whatever. What, there was a service that they were doing to rebuild the community, rebuild the house of God. And that's what God is calling us. And the last one is that God wants us to outreach. And I've already told you that we must go out and share the gospel. That's what it is. Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20. God gives us a mandate that we need to go out and declare the gospel to all creatures. Tell it to the trees. Tell it to the, and then tell it to the human beings. Start with the creatures that do not speak back to you. Then you'll be able to tell it to the creatures that will speak back to you. You see, I, I spent many times in the forest. I grew up, I grew up on farms. And, and in one of the places where we lived, there was a big forest. And when the bulls were not in the forest, I'm telling this to my dad because he, didn't, he, he knew I went out into the paddocks. And, and when the bulls were not in the backyard in Gwebi, in Gwebi, I would go there because the bulls were scary. <laughs> so you dare not go into the paddock when the bulls are there. When the bulls were not there, I would go and preach to the trees as I prayed. Why? Because you needed to get your, your sermon right without people challenging you. Because when you come to people, they will challenge you. Some are challenging me with their faces right now. <laughs> it's not always in words that they challenge you. They challenge you in all kinds of ways. So you need to speak to the things that do not challenge you before you start speaking to those that do challenge you. <laughs> so after many years, then we emerged from the forests and began to speak to people in the buses. And they heard the gospel. And now I speak the gospel to you too. So that you can go out and speak the gospel out there. We need to bring them in. Let's rise to our feet. We need to bring them in. I want us to make a prayer. That says, Lord, help me to build your temple. Last week we prayed about the altar. Today I need you to pray about the temple. The house of God. Lord, help me to build your house. Help me to establish your will, your purpose. The temple is the place where God will be glorified. And I want you to raise your voice and say, Father, help me to establish something that glorifies you. Help me to establish your temple, your house, that glory and honor will be given to you. Pray it in whatever way, but I want you to be sincere in your heart and say, Father, help me to establish your house. Help me, Lord, to establish your house. 
Help me, Jesus, to establish your house. Father, to be a temple builder, to be a temple builder, to establish your kingdom, to establish your kingdom. Go out and preach. Tell them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Help me, Lord, to be able to go out and establish your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, establish your kingdom through me. Establish your house. Establish your house. Establish your house. In service, in outreach, in discipleship, in fellowship, in, in knowledge, in growing, O oh God, to know you. Lord, establish your house in worship of your holy name. Lord, establish your house. Establish your house. Father, through me, use me, O oh God, for the gospel. To bring hope to a dying generation. Hope to a dying world. Hope to a hopeless generation. Father, Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Jesus. Use me, Heavenly Father, to be a channel and a vehicle of your glory. A channel and a vehicle of your grace. A channel and a vehicle of your love. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray. I want to pray with anyone who, who is here today. That just says, Lord, I, I, I want to just recommit myself to God. Just raise your hand where you are. And I'm going to pray for you. I want to recommit myself to do the things of God. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. Oh, with your eyes closed, raise your hands to God. I recommit myself. I lay myself before Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for every hand that's lifted up. For everyone, oh God, that raises their hands to you. My Lord, you are God who sees the heart. And you say, every heart that comes to me, Lord, broken. Lord Jesus, you will receive, you will heal, you will strengthen. I pray, strengthen them right now. Lift them up right now. God, I pray for a new lease of life. I pray, God, that Jehovah, you will give them new strength to move, oh God, forward. Where, Lord God Almighty, things have been, Lord God, like a rubble, like a mess around them. I pray that today, God, as they reach out to you, Lord, you will lift them up. You will place them upon a rock, upon a rock that's higher than them, upon a pedestal, Lord, where they will be secure. And I pray that, God, you will open their eyes to new visions, to a new understanding, Lord, that they will walk with you and move forward from this day forth, that, Father, they will accomplish and achieve great things. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for every heart that commits to you. Receive them in your grace and in your power thank you for your loving embrace in jesus name we pray amen father i just thank you for your church and i thank you lord god almighty that you're calling us as a body to stand together and build your house i pray that god you will give each and every one of us that understanding lord of what part we must play to establish your kingdom in the name of Jesus in the midst of all the hostilities around us of all the negative things about against the gospel I pray that you give your church strength Lord to shine brighter to show forth your glory 
may we be the salt and the light in our communities in the neighborhoods in our school places in the workplaces may we be the light may the light not go out may the fire upon the altar continue to burn in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name we pray